to the Inner Calling podcast. This is your host, Amanda Napash. And today we are joined by a super cool human being, Mike Adamanuk. Welcome, Mike. Hi, how are you guys doing today? <laughs> Thanks for being here. Um, so here at the Inner Calling podcast, we always talk about when what you do to make a living makes you come alive. And what I like to hear from people is their stories on how they kind of carve their own path and they don't just give in to like societal norms and expectations and do something that doesn't actually bring them joy. So um, I want to ask you, Mike, what is it that you do? So at the moment, I am in a wholesale for cannabis. Before this, I was in retail sales for cannabis. So it's cool seeing both sides of the aspect of basically selling this mostly illegal product mm -hmm. in the first frontal stages of what is going to become a federally legalized substance. Awesome. So when did you get involved with um, cannabis sales? So this happened, oh gosh, uh, at the beginning of 2019, my uh, ex-girlfriend, my best friend, uh, still to this day, uh, Aaliyah, she Basically, I'd been a chef for years prior, and she could tell I hated it. And she was like, go do something else. And I was just like, all right, I'm going to go sell weed. <laughs> and so uh, I got a job in that. And uh, the first retail -like store I worked into uh, with that was a company called Native Roots out in Colorado. I worked at um, their uh, closest location to the airport which is if anybody ever goes to Denver International Airport, you look at dispensary, Native Roots will be the first one that pops up. Mm -hmm. um, so I worked there. Uh, I started there in probably October of 2019. Um, and that store went from being, you know, when I started working there, that was after all product sales and everything, that was an $875,000 a month store. Wow. By the time I was laid off during COVID in the uh, middle of April, um, we were doing about $1.6 million every month after purchase. Wow, that's crazy. So what kind of like learning experiences did you get from that, from everything, first of all, with like the, everything's changing with cannabis, like you were saying, like it's getting legalized in different places. So like the processes for you guys, what did that look like? So I kind of got in because legalization in Colorado, uh, it, before I got into it, it had been legal for about seven years. Yeah. Uh, six and a half, seven when I started. Um, and so basically that whole industry had been developed and it was just building product knowledge and how, you know, everything has changed from when our parents and we were in high school, people who did, excuse me, uh, edibles you know, everything tasted like weed. It tasted terrible, but now it's, you don't taste anything. Everything's all about big flavors and all this and edibles is what has happened. And it's this, uh, through this one, uh, guess extraction method, uh, that's called distillate, which is where you just kind of take everything, like just take a bunch of shake, which is just trimmings of bud, flash freeze it, then you basically extract it through, I forget the machinery because I'm not in extraction, I'm in the sales portion. Mm -hmm. But it basically creates this flavorless concentrate that usually tests between 87 and 95% uh, pure THC. 
which wow. is quite a lot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but then everything has to be dosed a specific amount. Um, and so, you know, there's so many different extraction methods, so many different, you know, growing methods and harvesting and all that. So it uh, becomes kind of complex. It's more of, it's not just here's something, smoke it, get high. It's become so much more of a science. Sure. Yeah. That's really cool. So um, do you see yourself staying and kind of growing within like the world of cannabis sales like forever? So at the moment, it's kind of what I wanted, like am passionate about. It's what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I thought because I went to college for psychology, I thought that's what I wanted to do. And then I realized after basically running my own business, I worked with people who had traumatic brain injuries. I was an independent life skills trainer. Mm -hmm. I realized that wasn't really much for me because it was the same kind of work day in and day out just because these people would forget something and then I would remind them the next day and then next week it would be the same thing. Yeah. Because it wasn't, this wasn't a full-time gig because they didn't need me there all day. It would have been a waste of both of our times. Mm -hmm. um, so I finally decided to basically when I, because I recently, as you know, and as the people will know now, I did a move from Colorado to Oklahoma, which most people are just like, why would you do that? Colorado, <laughs> But, you know, the cost of living here is half of Colorado. And, you know, there's so many more opportunities, whereas legalization, like I said, it's been there eight, almost nine years now. Right. So if you haven't been in the industry for so long, it's hard to get your foot in the door. Um, and not just be kind of a, a grunt front, front of the line worker. Sure. So um, tell me a little bit about Oklahoma as far as legalization. I really have no idea. Like, is that, is it brand so new there? Oklahoma is what I call, uh, it's legal medical. Okay. Um, basically, you stub your toe and they'll write you a medical card. Okay. Understood. Um, and at the moment, they have laws that you don't even need to be uh, – a state citizen to get a temporary medical card, or you can have an out of state medical card and get a medical card in here to, you know, continue shopping. That's why I call it legal medical or is, uh, I forget what, uh, the owner of our company, Russ calls it. Um, we were having a conversation yesterday about it. I thought it was mm -hmm. funny, but now I can't remember it. <laughs> so you're at like the, probably a really great time to be starting something in yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah, with it being just so, it's the wild west of weed out here right now. Just mm -hmm. so much stuff. It's very weird because even though I'm not from here, you know, we we're out doing sales today. Um, and basically, like, I walked into dispensaries. They didn't ask for, you know, a med card or anything. But they knew we were there for sales and just to drop off samples and all that just to, you know, because you can't sell a product to somebody who has to basically kind of sell it without right. them buying it first. Um, sure. Especially in this industry, it's like, you know, if you hired a baker to make your wedding cake without, you know, trying the cake and you're yeah. just like, get the cake and you're like, well, I ordered chocolate, but this is carrot cake. And it's like, <laughs> what, what happened? For sure. Yeah. Um, so have you had any type of like adjustment period? I mean, you just, just moved, right? Yeah, so I got in Tuesday night. Um, I was here, you know, I went and 
toured my dad around the facility yesterday why because he drove down with me um and you know we just kind of were hanging out for a little bit before i took him to the airport but no today uh, i went into uh our basically our like corporate office or well the llc office up in northern oklahoma city which is you know about 30 miles from where i'm at mm-hmm. and so i was there kind of for just a couple hours this morning and then drove down to the facility we grabbed a bunch of product uh hopped in the company car and we drove basically all around norman more we drove an hour and a half south to paul's valley we were just dropping off samples handing out cards mm-hmm. uh, emails basically people it's like when you try the product which people get off work first thing they do before they you know start their drive home is smoke some weed <laughs> so you know they're gonna try this product and then you know i'm probably gonna get up tomorrow or even later tonight i'll have, probably have a couple of emails just of people asking about testing and all of this just because that's big down there because what i've noticed is the change um from Colorado to Oklahoma is so in Colorado, this is kind of where it gets people will either know or don't know. But in Colorado, a lot of people just focus on higher THC potency testings, mm-hmm. which is just basically like somebody's way of saying, Oh, you're going to get this high, but that's not really how it works in the same way. I explained it to a lot of people is a lot of people come in and they're looking for high testing THCs. I've always explained it is uh, when you uh, same way, like when you walk into a liquor store, you walking right over and grabbing a bottle of Everclear and walking right out, or are you looking around for something that has uh, a nice flavor, you know, perfect content of what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Whereas down here in Oklahoma, they do it off what's uh, terpenes, which terpenes are what give, you know, any botanical plant uh, smells. So it's like, you know, how roses have their certain smells, sunflowers, tulips. Mm-hmm. Uh, cannabis has, I think it's nine different terpene profiles. I can't name them all for you just because they have <laughs> such long names. Yeah. And it's alpha and beta. Um, but it all gives it this different smell. And everybody just down here labels a lot of their stuff off percentages of terpenes and what the top three terpenes are in that. Because terpenes are what give you that desired high effect. It mixes with your body chemistry um, very well. Because what a lot of people don't know is your body can only intake about 1,800 milligrams of THC, which for a lot of people doesn't mean a lot. But Mm -hmm. it's basically around like 18%. Otherwise, at that point, you blow out your receptors and they can't absorb anymore. And it's just kind of wasting. So it's like, unlike when you know you can just keep getting drunker and drunker and drunker with smoking weed eventually you hit this plateau and you can keep smoking joint after joint bowl taking your dabs uh but you won't continue to get high huh well that's very interesting it's really interesting how much science there is behind it which obviously makes sense but i think like you said before most people don't even think of that side of things um so it's really cool and it's it's great that you have that much knowledge in your in the sales um, area as well. I'm sure people benefit from that. Um, so as far as um, making a business of this, so you were, you were talking about um, some other people that you're working with right now. So yeah. is this, um, like, what is your role on the team? So at the moment, I'm a sales associate of the team and then part of the marketing team as well because they – have pulled me in from Colorado where a lot of the, these places already have that. And mm-hmm. I've 
you know, they've been trying to get me to come down here since April. I came down in June. I wasn't feeling it. And then eventually they called me in July and I was like, okay, let's do it. But while I was down here, I was noticing in all the different stores that we went into is unlike in Colorado where brands will set up booths and have like pamphlets that we'll put out. Nobody has that down here. Everybody's just trying to make a very cheap and potent product at the moment. Mm -hmm. Just because that's what a lot of people want. They don't care about a lot of this other stuff, but this state, since it's so new and just kind of like medical, but like, like I was saying, legal medical, um, people are will are more willing to learn because you have to go through such a longer process to get into dispensaries. Whereas in Colorado, California, Oregon, Chicago, um, you don't need to do that. You just need a valid driver's license and that's it. And then you can go buy pot. Mm-hmm. Um, so people just assume, you know, they know everything and it's not, you know, like back in the day where, you know, you, you walk into your dealer's house and he's like, I got a bag, you want it you, or not? And you're just like, give me the fucking bag. <laughs> um, and, but now it's like, you know, you walk into a dispensary and you can have 30, 40 different choices of marijuana and some dispensaries, there's a dispensary out in Colorado. It has, uh, 106 different choices for you wow so and then another thing that's also very weird is so much has changed in the cannabis industry since we were younger and our folks were younger back when we were middle school high school there were only about 30 different cannabis strains that were available at that time Mm -hmm. and now through legalization and all of this there's 778 wow so, but an issue a lot of people find, and I've seen myself, is a lot of things are extinct or have gone extinct or have completely changed their genetics over that time um, just because every, like, how things are grown compared to how they were 10, 20 years ago is completely different. Like, you know, back then you had to use, like, big fluorescent lights. You had to have all this ventilation. I mean, you still do, but now everything's... LED and you have your full spectrum, you have your dual spectrum, you have your whites, your purples, your reds. Yeah. Um, that will change how things grow and basically how buds do. But then you run into pesticides and then um, there's this new chemical that, uh, that has been going around. I for, forget the title of it, uh, but it's basically this plant steroid that basically, so a lot of weed back in the day was fluffy and very sticky but now it's very dense and very sticky and that's because a lot of people are using this other um chemical that basically hardens the bud to basically cave in on itself and hold together instead of being fluffy so you get a higher weight out of it mm-hmm. so it just becomes a more complex um process of figuring out what's good for you what's bad for you, you know, smoking's not good for you in general. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, it's a lot of times you have to look is when you're smoking uh, a joint or a bowl, if it, you know, after, you know, you burnt off all the plant matter, if it's all black, you know, you've basically just been smoking chemicals and you're not getting high off plant. You're getting high off of, you know, pesticides and other chemicals that they didn't clean out during a washing cycle, which is Mm -hmm. just, where you flood the plant with water so it basically just spews off all those chemicals uh after a certain point because while i lived in colorado i was also growing marijuana just because i got bored and 
<laughs> it's legal to do. Right. That's so interesting. And um, it's nice to hear that someone is putting that much thought into, you know, like the health of um, the products, because like you said, like, even though the act of smoking isn't healthy, like if people are going to do it anyway, um, you know, you may as well have a little bit of knowledge on what you're doing and do it in the safest way possible for your body. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's where uh, another issue comes is because there's a dispensary out in uh, Colorado um, that is an all organic dispensary, but the issue with doing all organics and I think it's how they grow. I've gone through their grow. They just, they, they don't have it placed together. Right. So like I was saying earlier is terpene profiles. Um, there are so many different ones. Each plant has like three that it usually puts off the most of, but when you put, you know, say you have 30 plants and all 30 of them have, you know, different profiles what ends up happening is the plant doesn't know what smells to expel because I mean, it's kind of like, you know, you see those videos on Facebook where a dog grows up with only cats in the house and it acts like a, like a cat. Mm -hmm. um, so the plants do the same thing is they don't know what to grow. And then they all have this same smell and the same flavor. And basically what it comes off of is I've seen it happen many a times through many a different grows and dispensaries is the wheat smells like powdered iced tea and it tastes like powdered iced tea. It's just because that's when all terpene profiles mix together and it just doesn't develop correctly. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So um, I kind of want to switch gears a little bit because we, you've mentioned a couple of times when you said um, like our age and our parents' age. And I just want to clarify for the audience who doesn't know us personally that um, Mike and I went to grade school and high school together. Um, so all of those careers that he listed having, he's only, are you 24? Yeah. Yeah. He's only 24 years old. So he's accomplished a lot of amazing things despite them not being, you know, what you were meant to do. You still did a lot of really awesome things and you still kind of paved your own path. Yeah. Um, and so first I want to commend you on that. Cause that's really awesome. Um, and second, I wanted to ask you for young listeners who are kind of stuck or lost on what they want to do or who they want to be. Um, do you have any words of wisdom for them? So my biggest thing is, uh, is I, you know, was fine for a while getting pigeonholed. It takes, you know, a while to figure out what you want to do. And then you start making what you think is a livable amount of money. And you're like, Oh yeah, I can see myself doing this for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like I was fine being a chef, because I was a chef all through college. And then, you know, even after that, and like I mentioned earlier, uh, Aaliyah, my, one of my really good friends, ex-girlfriend as well. Um, she was the one who pushed me to go in the right direction. And it's just kind of having that support of being pushed in the right direction. You know, it's not always you, it's always having somebody to help you realize, you know, there's more to you than just doing the same thing day in and day out. And that's the reason, you know, I took the move to Oklahoma is I eventually realized um, I had been doing the same thing and, you know, what companies and other things will start uh, to do or start doing. And what I noticed with the company I last worked for is they kept saying, you know, oh yeah, you, you know, we have, we hear good things. There's this promotion coming from you, uh, all this yada, yada. But then, you know, uh, cause I had changed locations cause the last dispensary I worked at 
it, uh, it had two locations and I had really good friends at the first location and I had gone out with them for dinner one night and I was like, yeah, you know, uh, they're saying good things, this and that. And then uh, I realized the new management at the new store that I went to go work at uh, were lying to my face and stabbing me in the back. Wow. Uh, and just talking bad to me. So that's when I decided, okay, you know, I need to go find something else to do. And this company down here decided to give me one last call to uh, basically say, hey, uh, it's the last time we'll probably offer you the job if you want it. And I was mm-hmm. like, cool. I'll be down there in August, you know, make it happen. Yeah. And, you know, my dad was telling me the other day is people get so comfortable doing the same thing. And then when a new opportunity arises, they're scared to make that change. You know, good for me, you know, it like for my mental health, it it was just kind of crazy. Like, cool. I've made all these friends over this almost seven years. I lived in Colorado and now I'm just picking up my life saying, all right, guys, bye, and then just heading out. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's hard to do that, but sometimes, you know, you got to do that. And if you don't have that friend group that'll support that, it then leads into basically negatively uh, affecting your life. And then you're just going to end up growing old and bitter and just hating everything. Yeah. And you can't just, at the end of the day, live, be an old, bitter man. Because, you know, I was fine. Like, like I was saying, I was really fine being a chef. It was really fun, but again, I was, you know, being a chef and anybody who's ever worked back of house like that, you're drunk 90% of the time that you're, you're there if it's not like a corporate kitchen, mm-hmm. just because, you know, there's usually one person who's running the kitchen and it's always been in every kitchen I worked in. Um, as long as you're not too fucked up to do your job, I don't mm-hmm. care what you're on and just do your work. Yeah. So, you know, and you got to get to a point where it's just like, cool, I can't party forever. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's interesting because I ask like a similar version of that question to everybody that I talk to on this podcast. But way before I started this podcast, this is kind of the conversations that I love to have, which is why I started it in the first place. And pretty much everyone that I talk to, they say like something similar, something along the lines of you have to make a decision because at some point you come to a crossroads where you're like, I need to make a better decision for like the, my best interest. And it's, it's about time that I start taking that into consideration because no one else is going to. And then they also say that even though it's scary, like it is the most rewarding thing to take a risk on yourself. Yeah. Um, and it's really cool to see people like our age doing that and like not waiting until, you know, you're 10 years in a corporate job that you hate and you'd finally decide, you know what, now it's time for me. Like it should always be time for us, you know? And then another thing that I like, I also realized, you know, talking to people who, you know, I thought were friends, people who are actually friends mm-hmm. is the people who, cause I mean, when I told people like my close friends in Colorado that I was moving, they're like, Oh my God, dude, that's great. You know, we're going to miss you, but it's going to be great. But then you have the other people who don't want to see you succeed. And they're just like, Oh, how are you doing that? Like mm-hmm. Oklahoma, that's gross. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, I've been here seven and a half years and half the people who were telling me that they had just moved there. And I'm like, well, you weren't here for all the time I was. And like, I'm sit, you know, I've been doing the same thing day in and day out. Yeah. It's time for a change. And, you know, you, you really start to figure out who really wants to see you succeed and are going to be at those family friend picnics that, yeah. you know, you have once a year, 20 years from now. 
um, compared to the people who are just in your life for maybe five years. Absolutely. You definitely start to reevaluate your circle when you start to do things that are like kind of taking a chance. Um, and when you don't have as much time on your hands to like spend giving to people who don't matter, you just start to cut them out altogether. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's uh like big change that I had, like, cause I, I was used to living in roommates and then in Colorado, um, you know, I went from living with like four people to living by myself just because I just got stabbed in the back by everybody I lived in. You know, you just come home one day and, uh, and nobody's in your house and you're just like, okay, cool. What happened? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. But you know, it's, what happens and i'm just like okay you guys don't want to be there that's fine don't be there i don't need you mm -hmm. i mean it's a really awesome mindset to have when you really decide like i know what i deserve and i'm not going to accept anything less so it's really cool and refreshing to talk to somebody else who feels the same way because um there's less and less people who uh are willing to really cut out toxicity from their life you know it's it's it gets harder and harder to do too it's not necessarily like people are just being lazy but um it's nice to to hear you say that and it's so good to catch up with you we haven't spoken in a long time yeah. um so good to hear that you're yeah, doing so I, well. I don't remember the last time your mom's cut my hair <laughs> <laughs> yeah for everyone listening my mom has cut mike's hair for like ever right i guess oh, yeah, and his hair is really long now so oh god probably like 22 years so well they Let's just round it off and do do like an eighteen. <laughs> eighteen years at least, yeah. And it's been it's been a long time, it seems, from the look of it, <laughs> since you've got it. Yeah, it's uh <laughs> yeah. yeah, a lot of people have been like, Oh, let me cut your hair and I'm like, it's an East Coast thing. You find a person to cut your hair, it's that for life. That's and it. If you stop working, guess what? It's it's not coming off. I'll put the bowl on my head and just <laughs> Well, the looks, you're, you're rocking it. So just keep it going. <laughs> it's, um, it's getting there, but uh, this, this humid weather down here in Oklahoma might do it in. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to cut this off here. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, I am going to, if in the future, if there is any social media that you do um, have for like any venture that well, you're on. You have, um, uh, let me just look it up real quick. Cause uh, the company I do work for down here in Oklahoma is called golden trends. Cool. Uh, I just want to make sure that that is the uh, exact Instagram we have. Okay. Um, and of course I don't know how to spell right now. <laughs> yes. So it'll be uh, at golden trends USA. Um, that is our distillate cartridge company. We are coming out with gummies um, we just dropped off uh, basically our testing today. Um, we'll have basically samples out, uh, or well, we'll get all the testing out Wednesday, but sadly we won't be here Wednesday to pick up the testing because Monday morning we're all flying out to Vegas for a cannabis conference. Wow. Uh, we'll be out there and then got to come back Friday and visit 84 stores with uh, my sales manager and try to get those sold and then we have our weekend and then he's going to another conference and then it's just me for a week. And so. All right. So you're going to be a busy guy. <laughs> yep. It was a hard start for the first week. I get two days on week off one day on. <laughs> then I'm by myself for a whole week. 
All right. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your extremely busy schedule to talk to me and to share um, your awesome story with um, all of our listeners of the Intercalling Podcast. I will be linking all of um, the social media links that we just discussed um, in the podcast description, as well as in my um, Instagram posts for the podcast episode. So um, keep an eye out for that if you're interested. And if you're in the Oklahoma area, make sure you check out Mike's new spot um, and make sure you say hello. And um, thank you so much for joining us today, Mike. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Anytime, Amanda. Thank you for having me on. Bye. Bye.